The Wire Podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Wire Podcast. This is Cherie Sapp. Christina Peoples. Tika Renox. And welcome again to another episode of The Wire Podcast. Today, we have the incomparable Nigel Champlin. He's a very diverse man in business and in real estate. He's here to talk to us today about a lot of different things. Today, you know, we're going through a lot right now. and We need a little bit of guidance. So we are going to speak to Mr. Nigel. Welcome, Nigel. Hi, yep. ladies. How are you? Thank you for having me. Okay, fantastic. All right, Nigel, so I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your background. Background. Okay, uh, born in Brooklyn, raised in Cambria Heights, Queens. Um, attended Queensborough Community College and Malloy College. I have a degree in business. I've been in, in real estate 18 years as an agent, nice. and then I graduated as an agent and then moved on to um, forming my own business. I was still doing day-to-day -day sales and then eventually got into house flipping. Okay, okay great. So, so basically you're a broker now, Nigel. Yes, correct. Broker. Okay, fantastic. So you're a broker owner. Okay, great. So I know you have a lot of knowledge about financial literacy and we want to dive into that a little bit. So when we talk about financial literacy, what does that mean to you? What comes to mind when we talk about financial literacy to you? Well, financial literacy is just being aware of, of your finances and your money and 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 how to save it and when to stop saving it and invest it for a profit fantastic all right Cherise, i know you have i know you ladies have some great questions for nigel and also because we want our viewers to get a lot out of this so let's just dive in yeah so when we say fin you know she just uh tika just spoke on financial literacy i want to know what are your thoughts on um as an agent and for our viewers what should we be doing with our money when we close on those transactions? Okay, when you close on a transaction, when you close on transactions, obviously you have to pay your bills, pay your overhead. Anything else beyond that and beyond your living that you can save, do that. You know, any money you could sock away, put away to uh, build a nest egg, so to speak, for your first investment is what I would do. And also, even before that, you should get your credit in order. If your credit is not in order, assuming your credit is not in order, um, start to get your credit in order. If you have multiple credit cards, put, um, drop it down to two credit cards, low interest rates, maybe a Visa, mm -hmm. low interest rate and an Amex. Then use those cards, um, you know, and pay them off and build your credit as you're saving. So you, you, you're, um, you're building your base as far as investment. Okay. Okay. So what about, when you say investments, what should we be investing in stocks, bonds? What do you, where should our money be going as far as investing? Well, I think, okay, as far as investing goes, we're all in real estate here. So I think um, mm -hmm. that's what we know and that's what we should invest in. Stocks and bonds, you know, the, market goes up, the, the market goes up and down. So you, it, once you start to get into, into flipping real estate and making money that way, and you're still able to flip real, continually flip real estate, and you have money that you're just banking, then you can start to play in the stock market. Um, there's a gentleman um, by the name of Dr. Boyce Watkins. Yeah. Um, he's on Instagram and, and Facebook, and he has a PhD in finance, and he offers a course in stocks and bonds. You, you understand? And in order to invest in stocks and bonds, you could pay a broker or you could do it yourself, but there's ways to do it. And I would suggest being educated by someone like him who has our best interest at heart before you get into stocks and bonds. But real estate is always the best store of wealth, especially for African-Americans. And I think 
you know, all of us being in real estate will be a great place to start because you know what you're doing. Okay. Okay. Always a good thing. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So um, we know also, Nigel, that you um, have a few investment properties and you have made some investments. Um, yeah. One of the questions that we think our viewers wanted, what are some creative ways in financing with, um, you know, getting investment properties or how, which way, what direction would you point someone in who wants to start investing in properties? Well, there's a lot of different ways. If you have your credit up, you can get a two or three K loan, which is a loan where they give you money for the house and they give you money to rehab the house. And it's based on schedules and you have to have contractors who are licensed. Um, so that's one way. Another way is you three ladies are a team. And if you wanted to add a fourth or a fifth person, you could pool your money and get a one family and flip it or get a multiple family and hold it if that's the direction you want to go in. So pooling your money like other cultures do. And I suggest okay. doing this. Group not just putting it, Yes, group economics, but I do suggest doing it legally by contract. You know, we're not going to be foolish and put our money all into one account and then things start happening and people get feelings and so on and so forth. It has to be based by contract, you know? You and six other friends mm -hmm. do a contract, put your money together, have the rules, the bylaws, and, and then move from there. So what okay. specifically, when someone say they use creative financing to purchase real estate, what exactly do they mean? Creative financing is just, is just a term for non-conventional 20, if, conventional loans are 20% down. Right. You get a 30-year mm -hmm. mortgage. You could do a 15-year mortgage. You could do interest only because in investments, you're not um, going to hold a property for a long time. So if you get a low, low interest rate um, with an adjustable rate mortgage, then, you know, I would feel safe starting out getting that, you know, so you could do an okay. adjustable rate mortgage for 15 years. Um, you could do a two or three K loan, or you could pull your money and, and then get the um, financing that way and then purchase the property. So one thing I didn't hear you mention, okay. and um, another okay. question that I have for you, uh, oh, go, ahead. go ahead, Christina. Well, one question that I do have for you, Nigel, is um, when it comes to hard money, um, what are some different um, avenues that someone who is new to investing that you would recommend for them to do? Because I know most of the time you have to have 30% of the purchase price, plus they still have to um, take out the money to rehab the property as well. But what are some different avenues that someone can take when they are taking out hard money for an investment property? You see, here's the thing. I always like to move safe. And I never, the idea of hard money to me with high interest rates is, is not something that's for me and no, nothing that I have ever done. You can do it. You have to really come in. You really have to get the property at a low price, see what profits you're going to make. Mm -hmm. And after the profit, you also have to consider the carrying cost and the cost of the money. And if you do it, if you calculate it all out, which there's formulas for that, if it makes sense to pay that higher interest rate for you, because you know hard money is higher interest rates. So if it makes sense to you, and at the end of the day, you could still make a profit, you still have a great ROI, then you could do it. Um, it's, okay. it's, but I would research the interest rates and research many hard money lenders and read the fine print before I got into something like that. That never worked for me, only because of my comfort level. Right, because okay. I thought right. that was the general consensus. Hard money, you know, pay the high interest rate once the ROI is there. 
I didn't know there was much besides using your own money. I know a few investors that use their own money. I didn't know that there were probably other ways that people buy and flip properties besides hard money and your own money. Right. Yeah, that, that that's true. I mean, I'm not against hard money. It, it just has to, you just have to do the numbers and really do all the calculations. And if it works for you, fine. And if you come in, if you're coming in really low on the property, you know, if you're getting a property for real, a low amount and you're going to make a lot of money, 100, 150 grand, you know, sometimes it's worth it, you know, so I'm okay. not discounting it. It's just something that I've never done because I wasn't gotcha. comfortable with it. Right. Okay. So one one more question that I have for you in terms of investing before we go on. Can no somebody purchase a home with a 203K loan, rehab it, and then resell it over a short period of time? Does that, does a bank, do, do most banks work like that? Or do they have to hold on to it for a specific time frame? You do have to hold on to it for a specific time in some cases. Um, but every okay. situation is different. Every mortgage broker has different plans, uh, programs, okay. so to speak. But that, that's the general, you know, you just have to talk to the mortgage broker who's doing a two or three K loan. There's a couple of good guys out there I could recommend to you. I think um, most people who go about it that way, they tend to hold on to it for a year or more and then sell it. it, okay. it yeah, it's okay. not the 90 days process. Because remember, I, the two or three K, that is what is a federally backed loan. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I'm not yeah. that you have to abide by with the two or three K loan. It's sort of with um, the... REOs as well. A lot of buyers think they could just buy an REO yeah, yeah. and then flip it, but that's yeah. not the case. The bank has yeah, to- Yes, 90 days. 90 wow. days they have to hold it. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I just know some viewers and some people, you know, they think that that's a route that they can go and it's just good that you can clear it up as someone who's seasoned in the business to elaborate absolutely. on that, that avenue. Absolutely. So, and if you, you want to buy and hold, of course it's good. Right, If you okay. want to buy and hold, okay. of course it's good. Mm -hmm. So buying and holding, you okay. you already just jumped into my my train of thoughts as far as the um, LLC. What's the best way to buy and hold, or when you're investing in the property, what's the best way? Should we set up an LLC? Absolutely, set up an LLC. It's always the best route to go. You um, do have to get a qualified attorney. Um, you know, someone who specializes in LLCs is a plus. Um, you always want LLC is basically going to shelter you. And your personal assets from from liability you understand okay. people coming after you and suing you and i also suggest doubly protecting yourself by setting up a holding company and have the holding company um set up or create the llc so the holding company is like uh the house and the well the 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 holding company is the made is the major corporation and the llc and the and the operating company, another LLC formed by the holding company, you operate through the LLC. You do everything through the okay. LLC. And then Can you elaborate for people what a holding company is? Like, is it a corporation? How do people go about that avenue of it? Yeah, a holding company is, is just like what it sounds. It's a LLC that holds other companies. And it's that simple. Mm -hmm. Okay. And okay. So you form the you form the holding company, which is the LLC, but then the holding company forms the subsidiary company, your operating company, okay. and it's just okay. doubly, doubly shields you from liability, and there's tax um, advantages to that to that also. And do check with a qualified CPA. So you, I was going to say that definitely you want to check with your financial okay. planner and CPA before you dive into any of this stuff. This is just yes, correct. Yeah. A qualified attorney to set up the corporations and a 
uh, a, a qualified, obviously, CPA who, um, you know, will advise you on the tax ramifications and advantages. So okay. what about okay. a realtor? Should realtors, um, do you suggest we as independent contractors, should we uh, open an LLC? What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are, if you're doing a lot of business, $100,000, $200,000 a year, why not? I, my, hope, my goal is always protection. I'm always thinking liability. I'm always thinking about getting sued. So, and you should be thinking about protecting, you know, you make a lot of money, you want to protect that money. You don't want people coming after you, um, suing you, and you having to exhaust money in legal fees, even if you win. So once they see and you're set up properly with- Yes, tax, tax ramifications, but when you- Yes. So, yep. So when, so when, you, when people see that you're set up as an LLC, you know, they know you're serious and they know, okay, you know, do I want to sue her? Maybe, maybe not. Is it worth it? It's going to make people think for sure who are thinkers. Um, but you definitely ultimately want to protect your, 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 your personal property, money you have in the bank and your other properties, you know, through an LLC. And some- Let me ask you though, Nigel, right. Mm -hmm. Great information. Let me ask you. For us independent contractors, realtors in a hold, I know a lot of us in a business for five, 10 years and we don't own any property or, or we don't own enough properties, right? Okay. Yes. What are your thoughts on that? Why are we so scared? We sell the houses, right, every day and we, you know, we preach the benefits of owning, but yet mm -hmm. we're not owning enough or sometimes we own a single family and then that's it for us. We're not owning units. So I'm thinking what's going on with us? Why aren't we taking the, the deep dive off, you know, owning more properties? What is it that we're doing wrong? Well, I mean, I, I don't think opinion. it's, in my opinion, I think that people are afraid to lose, mm. you know, and from, I could only speak for myself. I'm a gambler, you know, so I'm, I, I think to myself, where am I now? Am I comfortable where I'm at now? If the answer is no, then screw it. I'm going to take a chance. And even if I lose, I'm still in the same position. You know, your, all, all, your greatest um, blessings and, and, and fortune, so to speak, and good happenings is on the other side of your fear. You know, um, mm. you, have to get on, you have to get on the other side of your fear. Now, that doesn't mean you go, you know, you make stupid moves. You calculate everything. You save money before you jump into something. You have a nest egg, but I think that, you know, and also misinformation, a lot of us aren't educated in, 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 in real estate as much as- You know we sell it? Because I'm speaking yeah. specifically to us. I'm speaking specifically to realtors. Like for myself, I want to own more property. So it's like, how do I go about doing that? Why am I not saving enough? It's like, I want to wonder like, what's going on in our head? Why aren't we taking the move? Like it is scary being a realtor. It is scary being in business for yourself. I get that part. So I think what you just said is absolutely correct. The risk factor is what's holding a lot of us back from pulling the plug yeah. on different investments. And I think the biggest yeah. And Let's I think a big, a big part of it is that for us, we don't know when our next paycheck is coming. So exactly. diving into certain having certain risk factors there you know that you're kind of you're having an overhead of eight thousand dollars a month you right. know and you're you don't know when that but next year it, it could be a little bit intimidating but at the same time we're realtors and we make we take risks every day you know we jumped into a business that is a you know a commission-based business so 
just like yes. we took a risk being realtors, we do have to kind of jump out there and structure ourselves better so that like, we can oh, become but owners you know of property. Well, that's true. Group economics or whatever it takes. We got to yeah, start more. I think, I think. It's a matter of, mm. of um, how committed you are to what you're doing into the business as well. Right? Yeah. I feel like yeah. as realtors, the ones who do invest, they're 100% committed. They study the market. They see what's happening. They know when to jump in and when to jump out. Whereas a part-time realtor, somebody that's not fully invested, that knows that they're still dependent on another check coming in, they're not going to be- Running the business. They're not right. running the business. That's they're how not I, running the business. Exactly. Let's yeah. face it, you know, a lot of, not just, let's not just say, it's not just realtors. A lot of business owners are, they're not really running a business. It's a hobby. And th that's why you Absolutely. see a person in 10 years into business and where is your accomplishment? What do you have to show for all this time in business? Because all this time you were, it was just a hobby and we're not practicing. We're not taking the different steps. We're not educating ourselves beyond what it takes to sell just one property. We got to remember there's no 401k or IRA set up for us out there. We have to go and set up those. And for myself personally, I think buying properties will be my retirement. And like you said earlier, Nigel, put a little bit of money into the stock market. But what we live and breed and understand every day is real estate. So we definitely need to invest more in real yeah. estate. Whether it's group, group economics, we could flip properties, save the money and put it back into properties to, you know, long-term. Because like, I sometimes I want to slap myself on deals that I miss, deals that I've wholesaled. I'm like, yes. you know, it could have been yeah. really great long-term yeah. investments. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, yeah. another thing that I was going to say, I was going to say this real quick for me is, you know, even though um, things, I'm, I feel, I would just, me and Sharice are just going into, what is this, year five or just year six? Year six. Year, year six. six. We just, and yeah. it's, it's, I'm just, I feel, you know, I have experience, but I'm just starting to build up that momentum and that, um, that confidence, you know, on a, a lot of different levels where, you know, now I'm starting to structure myself and I'm learning more and I'm, I'm fueling myself with different things and different people around me that are pointing me in the right direction to go. Mm -hmm. So it's not saying it needs to happen right this minute, but I'm working towards that, you know, building my credit up more, you know, saving more. This time being in the house has definitely put a lot of things in perspective for me personally mm -hmm. and to be out there trying to take more risks once we get out of this to structure myself, like Tika says, to start putting my hands into investment properties and purchasing a property for myself as well. Yeah, listen, you're, listen, it, it's a process. You, you, you're yeah. five years in. I didn't start flipping properties till way past that time limit. So it's a process. Yeah. So yeah. You, you have to, you, have to um, you know, it's, you have to understand it's a process. You have to get your personal finances together and then get with, late, with the ladies and like-minded people because it's yeah. easier when the group of you and you know you have myself and I know you know you got you all ladies know a lot of other people who are doing it and it, it's nothing for you to reach out and ask I'm always gonna give free advice to people who are seeking you know it's it's no big deal there's so much money out here yeah there's yeah. so much, there's so much money out here if you get a deal that doesn't mean I lose there's there's so many deals there's so much money out here you know you, have, you have to you have to think of a, it think in abundance not 
not the scarcity yeah. model that you're taught and you're taught in colleges and everything. You else. are that, that you hit the nail right on the head. Yes, yes. 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 Scarcity so mindset is yeah. more than in yeah. the world the industry. Yeah. I remember a few years ago, I don't not that long ago, maybe two years ago, I was trying to buy or three years rather, I was trying to buy a property and another agent had the property, right? But I guess they couldn't lose out on their twin, whatever they were getting on the side. Mm-hmm. They didn't give and that was I was trying to buy it as a personal res, resident and then I didn't get it. They didn't you know, care about the fact that their sister, you know, because it was another brother. They didn't. I'm like, okay. So scarcity well, mindset is really, really rampant in in our industry and in our community at large. And and that's and true. Don't we have, know that having that type of mindset only sets you back. It doesn't push it you does. forward. Exactly. You know, it, it cuts it cuts off cords of your network. It mm-hmm. cuts off yep. cord on your net worth. And it shows people that you have a scarce mindset and people don't want to be bothered with that because you don't see the bigger picture. You're just looking at this small thing right now and you're not looking at in five years from now when I have something that you want and I'm going to say, I don't want to be bothered. And that person, that person turns you off because if you, you might have, there was one time where I got, I got stuck, not stuck, but I had to buy three houses, right? And another one came along. I knew I couldn't do it. So I had to pass to somebody who I know, who I'm like, okay, you know what? Here, here's a deal. You know, right. show me something on the back end. And that's how, that's how you have to work. You know, because that's at one point you work. might get a lot of houses yeah. or one point, another point you might get one house, you know? So it, yeah. you have to get out of the scarcity mindset that's taught. You know, you so, have to take yeah. risks. You have to, go ahead, I'm sorry. So I know we only have a few more minutes left and. As you guys are talking, I'm thinking about another topic. I don't really want to dive too much into it, but it's just one last question I have. I mean, you said that we're doing this on financial literacy. My question is, why is it that people of color, do you feel that they're not financially literate? Listen, okay, listen, Uh, um, a lot of information is, is not taught to us. It's held from us. We're coming out of 400 years of, 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 of repression and slavery, okay? We, we have a huge digital divide, um, digital divide meaning computer access and knowledge between young black people and young white people. Um, it's just that we're not taught the game, but there's people out here like Jay Morrison and certain people breaking that mold, but it's just the game has been uh, kept from us. Um, and and the, the, the wealth gap, it is huge. There's average black households worth 14,000 where the average white household is worth 135,000. That's because of um, laws that were in place like redlining, um, GI bill, which black people didn't get, which put white people a whole generation ahead of us. You know, when, mm. when, when, the, when we, black people were coming back from the war, we couldn't get certain loans, but the white people got them. And then those white people grew old and then passed those houses, which were paid off to their kids. So there's a huge gap. We have so a the huge- The generation of wealth continued in that community. Yeah. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 we're, and if, when you listen to Dr. Boyce Watkins, we are in dire straits as far as wealth. You know, that's how come when I see people making mistakes with money or, or, or buying jewelry, so to speak, and a lot of people don't like when I say this, the jewelry business is the biggest scam going. I used to be in that industry. You know, we, we're being forced to, 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 to floss and, and, buy, and listen to one thing. You buy jewelry and people who buy expensive jewelry, try to take that jewelry right back to them and get your money back. You'll get a third of what you paid. For. 
of, of you get a third of the total amount that you paid for it. And, 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 and that's we like flashy things. I think that's yeah, <laughs> that's part of the yeah. problem. Yeah, and, and that's and that's yeah. a mistake because you could that's like a huge flashy, problem. Yeah, you could it's like flashy problem. things and show off to other people who aren't who aren't who don't have money either, or you could have your kids have a couple of houses and, and a college mm -hmm. education paid off, and their kids doing well. We have to shift the whole mindset of how we think, yeah. I, even as far as, and let me do this real, let me say this real quick, by all means, everybody should be doing estate planning. And if you have parents who are elderly and they're the only ones on That's the deed, it. you should put your name on that deed, gain control yeah. of the property so it doesn't go into probate. This is like, I mean, I could talk on this for hours, but there's a lot of things that are very small that we could do that can make a big difference. But if you gotta get focused and you gotta be intentional, if not, we're just gonna keep losing. So uh, I, was speak I was speaking about um, estate planning, okay? Estate planning is very important. Um, I had a couple people come to me way, way, way after the fact, um, and one person in particular whose mother owned two brownstones in Brooklyn. Um, she was not even a nurse, she was a nurse's aide, and she came to this country a long time ago, was able to purchase not one, but two brownstones right next to each other. And over the years, obviously, these brownstones grew in wealth to, yeah. from 800 to a million dollars. And then she, so th this woman grew elderly. Then she got a boyfriend and he was elderly. He didn't know what was going on. And somehow, some way, they were scammed into um, somebody told them about refinancing a, a, a shifty realtor and probably somebody who looked like us. And... Um, well, long story short, they were scammed out of one of the brownstones. And by the time this, this girl came to me, it was too late. I had to advise her to, to go to the district attorney's office, hire a forensic attorney, a, a, a forensic uh, attorney, and, and, and hire people who can go after and, and try to trace what was going on. But by then, it's too late. So what I'm trying to tell everybody is do estate planning. If, you have enough, if you're making money, you have enough money. Hire an estate attorney, estate plan, estate attorney, excuse me. Hire an estate attorney to um, do a will, um, do, um, I'm sorry, ladies. Set up trust, et cetera. I see where you're going with yes, this. Yes, set up a trust, um, you know, and all of that. So it, it's, it's important because, and, and if you don't have money to do that, you could do something simply, it costs about 1500 If your mother, let's say, is 80-something years old, she, she's on a deed, she has a property that's worth a lot of money. Spend 1500, go to a qualified attorney and just add your name to the deed or add, well that woman should add one of her kids who she trusts to mm -hmm. the deed. Because there's a lot of young people out here who will get that deed and then further, you know, do bad, uh, do bad things with the money if they're able to um, get a hold of the equity in the property. But I think everybody should, old, old people, senior citizens should have a younger person on the, um, on the deed mm -hmm. just in case. And also to avoid probate because if the older yeah. person dies, it has to go into probate. Some value gets sucked up before it comes back to the family. Also, wow. if, if, I, see I see that a lot in our community. There's yeah, never yeah. enough that yeah. and then they fight over the property. And yes. They sell it it's to so other people for less than what it's worth because they were greedy. Exactly. And I think a lack of knowledge. And, 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 and let me tell you, since the whole pandemic has started, I've at least gotten at least, and I'm not kidding, five calls from people who want to sell because someone has passed away or whatever the yeah. situation is. And you know, my first question to them is, 
who else do you have to deal with? Do you have siblings? Do exactly. they have mm-hmm. do they have siblings? Do they have a spouse? Like I don't, you know, when you start getting caught up in all that and there's five and six or even another person, when money that type of money is on the table, whether it's two hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars, things get funny. It's a big problem in, it's a big problem in our community and, and it's yeah. a shame and that's most of the time we end up on the losing end of that. Another thing yeah. I want another thing I want to quickly tell you is if you have an older parent, she's 80, 86, and let's say she's living in Brooklyn and she has a brownstone worth a million dollars, you should have one add your name to the deed and two get that service called LifeLock in case anybody tries to attack the equity and steal it right out from under the owner. Because that's eight over a million dollars up to over a half a million to a million dollars. LifeLock. Yeah, life lock. Elaborate a little. What does that do? How do we get a hold? Yeah. Of it? Yeah. Can you can elaborate Google. on that. Yeah, LifeLock. You can Google it. It's a credit monitoring service. Oh, I see. Okay. And they're insured, but it, it, if somebody's going to take out equity on the house without your knowledge, which is very possible, LifeLock alerts you, and you could say, "Oh, okay. this is not me," and then you could quickly stop it because Intervene. once. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because once it goes through, it's going to be hell to to, to undo. You understand? Gotcha. I think right. the viewers should understand that this is just the us talking about estate planning and life lock is not just for equity in the home. It's also for that uh, senior citizen's credit as well. You have yeah. family members who come around and use that person's credit, their credit card, buy cars, buy houses, and Correct. other stuff. So they should. Use well, credit. anyone who has good credit, if your credit is immaculate and you're paying your bills and you're sitting in seven hundreds, eight hundreds. You are a target for someone stealing your identity. And that's just the reality of it. So yeah. monitoring your credit, you know, right now I pay pay all three bureaus, but I would probably should look into something that just does it at one time because I lock my credit on each end. But there's probably exactly. other services out there that I can just pay one person, one, you know, facility to do everything at once. So this is something I'm going to look into as well. Absolutely. And sometimes when you buy computer programs, they also say if you buy like Norton Utilities or something, not, the, not that I'm advertising for them, but sometimes LifeLock comes with it for a smaller fee. You know, okay. but all, of these, all of these things are tied in, estate planning. And, and if, if your people can't do estate planning, at least do a will. There's so many of mm-hmm. us that do not have a simple will. It's a mistake, especially yeah. if you own property. The biggest store of black right. wealth is in property. You need that will. And all the people, especially West Indians, they don't want to talk about it. My parents are yes, West Indians. So I know. But, but you know what? You got to have a state. You have to do estate planning. You got to do a will. And you have to do a health proxy. Nobody wants to talk mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. You know? So, and, yeah. and, and end so, of life, you know, situations and planning. So do you think, um, because I find that majority of my buyers now, the millennials, the younger generation, I feel like they're more financially prepared and more hmm. and better position to buy a property, putting down twenty percent down, um, and doing conventional loans. Why do you think the millennials are better positioned than the baby boomers in the age bracket that's in between? Why because do you think that is? I think because the baby boomers um, got their weight up enough to where they were able to help the millennials. A lot of these millennials are are, are, are college graduates. They're in school. Their parents are carrying most of their financial load, but at the same time teaching them how to get their credit up and save. So they're getting a lot of help. It's not just them. And then they're able to graduate college and get into a good paying job. Then they have a little bit of backing from the parents 
then that helps them. That, and that should have been the, the generation before millennials, but you know, it, that didn't happen because of like the crack era. There's so many political things that are interwoven into black people's financial state that it's difficult to have one conversation in the limited amount of time that we do, but it's all interlinked. If, you know, and if you look at all, if you write it all down and, and put it on a piece of paper, you'll see how everything is interlinked. But a lot of the millennials, and obviously they have, you know, they have more access to information. So they have- yeah, 100% more, we, we have more access to information and that's helping a lot because you see a lot of people, a lot of young people, they're buying, they're flipping, they're, you know, they're, they're in, um, they're in- And they're, and they're more risk takers. Yeah, They'll yeah, take a risk quicker yeah. than someone else who, you know, and they can only be sitting on 40,000 to compare somebody sitting on 150, they're going to take that risk way before the other person who has more cushion. Yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so crazy. And let me tell you, let me tell you ladies one more thing, because you asked about um, financial literacy. There's a company called Wealthfront, write it down, Wealthfront. And that's a company that basically, if you compared it to Uber, Uber did to the taxi industry, what Wealthfront is doing to the investment industry. So mm. do some research on Wealthfront and, 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 and gain the knowledge. It, it helps you invest. Um, they hire some of the best um, money managers from different companies. And even at a lower rate, these wealth managers are making so much money in volume because they're able to have all these millennials. Because millennials don't want to be bothered. Millennials want to invest, but they don't want to go see someone. They don't want to hear. They don't want to be bothered with anything. I'll be exactly. honest. Exactly. They, <laughs> they, they want to give you their money. They, they want to, Yeah, they want to send you their money online. They and they want you to grow it. So, it, it And I learned. Yeah. yeah, and I learned this. Well, we're still, we're still like our generation is kind of we're in between. Yes, so we we're dabbling and learning from the millennials, but we're still very traditional, like our parents. You know, correct. so correct. we kind of are right in between. You know, bridging that gap a little bit. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to see, but yep. like you know, for uh, our parents and us, like we still need to touch and feel and see what yeah. we're getting. You know, we want to know where you work and what car you drive before handing you our money where they'll just hand it to you because their friend recommended them over here. Exactly. You got to do your research. But you know what, Christina, you got to break out of that. You got to. Yeah. You got to you got to be forward thinking. You got to watch the millennials. Got to watch, you know, and I, I suggest everybody, even in our industry, watch the business channel, you know, uh, watch Bloomberg. It all ties in. You know, if you want to really get a picture, watch BBC watch WB, uh, listen to WBAI on the radio, watch the Asian news, and then watch American business channels. And then you'll see how it all ties in and what's not exactly right. You know, you have to go to multiple sources. You understand? Yeah, yeah. In, in the world of business. So Nika, we spoke about a lot of things from financial literacy to estate planning, all these different things, right? And one thing that we can see from our conversation, we can tell from our conversation is that there's a wealth gap. There, you know, there's a difference in our community and other communities, right? So what's your advice? What What's missing with us? What's going on with us? Why aren't we making enough money? Why aren't we investing the way we should? Okay, it all boils Back on generational wealth. Okay, listen, it all boils down to education. It all, mm -hmm. it all boils down to being um, intentional in, in, in your goal. You have, to, you have to see where you are. You have to see where you want to be. You want to you write down your goals, and then you want to get educated. You want to listen to um, business stations. You want to read um, financial uh, 
uh, publications. And it's not easy, you know, it's, it's something you have to commit to. And you also, and we also have to change the way we think, you know, like I have a thing and it's kind of controversial, but you know, if you have one kid and you're able to give that kid your inheritance, fine. If you have two, three and four kids in my eyes, everything you make your house, your money, it should go to the bed, the kid who's doing the best. And more than likely, that kid who's doing the best probably already has a house. Now that kid has two. Now, if the other two siblings don't have any place to live, they could rent from that third sibling. But at least you're keeping the real estate in the family. You understand? You, you know what? I agree with you because I see a lot of people in our community lose their properties. They paid off. And here comes, for lack of a better word, that bum kid, right? Or five, <laughs> or, or, or five bum kids. Five, and they yeah. all, and they all want six. their money. Yes, <laughs> once they all want their money, you're forced. Yeah. Listen, listen to this. If you have five, four, uh, two, three, four bum kids and they all want their money... <laughs> Listen. <laughs> you started it with the bum kids. No, but it, it's true. And it's, it's true, true. Though. And then guess what happens? They all want their money. The parent, if the parent yep. is alive, wants, 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 yeah, they want to give everybody something. So then they're forced to sell the real estate to give everybody a piece of the pie. But guess what I just said? They, they were forced to sell the real estate. Mistake. Yep. You have yep. to pass yep. the real estate. And let's just, just to give just to give you a back community, this right. is you can a lot of different communities can relate. Um, you know, from Middle Eastern, West Indian to Americans, they can relate because they I've seen different communities being affected by situations like this, where you have five, six, seven kids, and you have maybe one or two that's doing really great. And that, that one or two, they have to help the others come up. And mm -hmm. if this they is the thing, Sharice, it happens in every community, but black people act off emotions. Yes. A lot of those other communities go right ahead and do what Nigel just suggested. Yes. They give it to the kid who, is, who has their head screwed on, for lack of a better word. That's going to mm -hmm. carry on the generational That's work. right. Listen. Just leaving it up, to the, up in the air where they fight over it. Yeah, when you have a competition, the, the, the spoils go to the victor. In a car race, the first car that makes it past the finish line gets the prize. The prize is not shared with the second and third and fourth person. That's how you got to think of it. And if, you don't, if we don't start thinking like this, we're going to be in the same boat 10, 15, 20 years down the line. It needs, we are in such a desperate financial state. And that $14,000 that I quoted you, net worth of black families, it's not going up. By 2050, it's going down. We are beyond wow. critical. When, wow. I drive through, when I drive through certain neighborhoods and I see our brothers and sisters flossing in big cars, I'm like, you guys are so lost. You want to spend a, a hundred thousand or $80,000 on a car where you could have bought two or three properties? Yo, we're, mm -hmm. we're too much. As I, I tell people like, cause I'm not going to tell anybody not to drive what they want to drive or where. I, I will. I will because I, we're at that drastic I, point. But I think there has to be a line. There has to be a balance. You can't have a hundred thousand dollar car and don't even own no real estate. That's backwards. Hey, listen. First of all, how are you going to qualify? Well, this, and, and a lot of us are doing it backwards. I, so I get what you're saying, 100. percent But if you have wealth and you have several houses and investments, listen, man, drive what you want to drive and wear what you want to wear. Yeah, but but that's but that's not that's that's not the norm of our people. It Jay, is not, and I Jay, agree with you 100. percent No, it is not. Jay's we buy the BMW first. Everybody wants to floss. Everybody look want yeah. to be the big one on the block. Everybody want yeah. to be bigger than the other. My my mentality has always been if I'm not buying Louis Vuitton shoes to take the bus or a Louis Vuitton bag to be on the bus. If I'm buying those things, I need to be in my car. 
So that's one of the reasons why. Right. I, I get it, Sharice, but it's not just, not just to be in your car. Like I know point blank period. A right. lot of people that I know that I'm close to that has 40,000, 50,000 word of labels in their closet. Yes. That's your rent. That's crazy. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's that's crazy. a down payment. Listen, get, that's labels, with labels and you're renting. How the hell does that make sense? Like, I, me personally, I never owned certain things until I owned a piece of real estate because I was not about to be walking up in that house with certain things and I don't own crap. But this if you have a high paying job, I can understand. If you have a high, like, like because right. it, it, it's different for certain people, right? Because if you make $50,000 a year, steady 50, you shouldn't be doing certain things. But if you're in sales and this, you know, you're going to make 90000 I can see I'm not ready to buy, but when I'm ready to buy, I'm going to qualify. Mm -hmm. You understand? Mm -hmm. But if, if you're on a steady paycheck, you really should not be having a high DTI. Well, Let's see, this is, a, this is this is where, and this is a this is a different mindset. I want to touch on two things. I had one house, I had to go back to what you originally said, was I had a house that I had to sell because a lady's husband passed away. His siblings, her sibling, his siblings came in, they want their portion of the money. Mm. Three years later, Guess what? That house was paid off when she had to buy them out. She went into foreclosure and had to walk away with thirty thousand dollars. See what I'm talking about? You see what I'm saying? But to touch on what you're saying is that going back into the it's for us as realtors, there is a certain we have to be a part. You get what I'm saying? We can't be walking around with rags and looking a certain way. Like we're in a business, we have to look kosher I however i do understand that there are certain things that i do want that i'm not going to touch until i have accumulated and done what i need to do not what i want to do and that's Absolutely. the difference you get what i'm saying mm -hmm. so yeah i will drive my toyota you get what i'm saying until i get into you know a position where i'm like hey now i'll go and get a, a benz or a bmw or a g-wagon or whatever i want but that's when i've accumulated things that i need the things that will be there for my daughter and for her kids. You get what I'm saying? And that's then it. that's when you can go out and say, well, this is something that I want, so I'm going to do this for myself. That's so it. that's a mindset that has to be changed for all of us. And Mind it's not just yeah, black mindset. people, but the majority of the but people us, who are doing it are black it people. Fails, it's a little bit different. You know what I mean? Because we can own certain things now and then next year, you know, we can make 50 grand today and next year we make 150, we make 200, you know, yeah. it doesn't affect not just realtors, but salespeople are, you know, commission based. Right. But I'm talking about the, the, the per because I've seen it. I've sat with people who can't qualify because in one household, they have $1,600 in car payment that yeah. is on a steady income. That don't make no sense. Listen, yeah. Listen, Jay-Z Jay Jay is going through that right now. That has yeah. he, he just refuses to refinance his car or even get rid of it. And I'm like, dude, you're on a steady pension. Why is it that you don't, don't just refinance the car? You have an eleven thousand dollars a month car payment. Eleven hundred. Eleven hundred dollars a month. That's, That's crazy. That's Wait, that much. interest is through the roof. That's it's something that people don't even take take heed to and looking at interest on things that you're paying that you're paying on you get what i'm saying they go in and get a bmw and paying eight hundred dollars a month where half of that is just an interest because their credit is shot <laughs> Listen, ladies 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 jay-z said it best too much sam rothstein in our community too much showing off it's a problem yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, and when you and when you meet people 
who have real wealth, you really they ain't walking around in New Balance. <laughs> you, you really when, when you read when you this meet, is where we when I disagree with people. I'm not gonna wear New Balance if I don't. Want, <laughs> if I have some assets and my money, I'm not walking around in Skechers. Oh, yes, yes, you will. Yes, you will because because when you when you get in certain circles, you probably gonna be like, where them sketches at? <laughs> no, listen. When, when you get in certain circles, you're gonna be wearing sketches. Why? Because everybody else is gonna be wearing sketches, and they're gonna be looking at you if you come around with Nikes. Like you're not too smart. I'm listen, you. I have a friend of mine, guys. He lives in Kansas City, and mm -hmm. he was living in, in New York for a while before he moved. Mm -hmm. And this guy, he would wear his hat till you can see the, the uh, visor coming through. And his sneakers, <laughs> he would put rubber bands on it and tape it. I'm like, buy some sneakers. But if you see his bank account, I'm like, dude, you're sitting on so much money. <laughs> that's, that's go the to the I have a problem with that. I he would rather go to the thrift store and buy only live one. You, you, you get what I mean. When you, the rich die and get buried or cremated, the poor dies and get buried and cremated. I said live a balanced life because this is what a lot of people are doing. Oh, I'm building generational wealth. I'm leaving all these things to my kids that I didn't even educate. You see, that's the problem with us. I tell my <laughs> listen, listen, this is how it works for me. You understand? Like, I'm going to get She's right, though. They, they, they're, they're doing stuff for them, but they're not teaching them yes. when yes. they're going what they should be doing to keep this ball rolling. Yeah, you got to teach the kids financial literacy. 100%. We're leaving all these money to these kids that has no knowledge how to carry on the wealth. That don't make no sense. I tell them, this is how I'm going to live my life. I'm going to live my life, build asset, wear what I want, drive what I want, and you get my life insurance. If you don't know how, if you have no interest in learning how to manage wealth, no interest in building the wealth and business with me, you get my life insurance. You get what, what, left when I'm dead. You understand? I'm going to live my life now with my money now. Let me you tell you something. I'm not being selfish. Because I'm not being selfish at all. Because people are living their lives in a box and saving all their goddamn money, leaving it to kids that they silly enough did not educate or the kids that, that have no interest. They have no interest. Tika, how about this? And, and I, I don't want to use up all our time because this is going to go even deeper. How about the parents now that can afford it and they're buying, you know, the nice stuff and living in excess right now. But then giving their kids who don't know the value of how hard they're working, Gucci slides and, 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 and Yeezy that you're paying $350 for. Ain't gonna happen. I wear whatever the brand is. My daughter, not so much. Because guess what? No. You don't have a job, you don't know the value of <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? These kids, yeah. oh no, I'm not. No, you're going to learn the value of money and how to get money. You're going to yeah. learn how to earn. I'm not going to. And, and to be honest with you, growing up, I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't spoiled like that. I didn't get things handed to me like that. You get what no, I'm saying? Neither. When I was able to start way, buying the stuff that I wanted, I had to go get a job. That's yep. how my father and exactly my parents If you want all of that expensive stuff, go get a job and you pay yeah. for it yourself. And that's how I've been ever since. So that's the thing that they're not teaching their kids. They're throwing all of these things at their kids. They're not teaching them any discipline. They don't know anything about credit, about saving, about anything. And next and that, thing and you that know, has right, that has 
And next thing you know, when it's time for them, when, when these people are not here anymore, when their parents are not here and they have to get out there into the world, they don't know shit. The they don't know dies. nothing. Legacy dies, dies with a lot of people because their kids have no clue how to carry it on. You know, which brings us back to everything Nigel said. Education is key. Mm -hmm. Like for Absolutely. one, Nigel, what do you think about putting your kids, like let's say for us, like self-employed and we have businesses, putting them on payroll. We, I was listening to a, a white lady. Oh, I, my mentor did, did a white Accountant. She was on so much game about mm -hmm. saving on taxes. She's making four hundred thousand, five hundred thousand dollars a year, and barely paying any taxes. That's and the right. things that she laid out, I was like, wow. I've been and and yeah, and the word there, the word there is, you don't, you don't, you don't. Um, it's tax avoidance. You don't cheat the government, but right. you of you 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 leverage the tax law to pay less or defer tax avoidance and tax deference are two words everybody needs to know. And, and really quick, you just, you, you just said real, you just mentioned something real quick and we'll talk about it later. Life insurance, life insurance is always important to have, but yeah, tax avoidance, tax deference and putting your child on payroll. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let me plug her really quick. Cause I want, I want to put everybody in game. Her name is Courtney Epps on Instagram. I'm telling you, I got a whole lot of knowledge okay. from that lady the other day. She's a Why not? Courtney, what's Courtney, her name? Courtney Epps. E-P-P-S. Yes, okay. so we want to follow her definitely. She was given free games, so why not just plug her in right That's away? That's right. Why not and, and take the information? She, she, she right. put her kids on payroll. She showed them how to sit down, how the business works, how to keep the the business in the family. That's you know, right. And I sat back and I watched it. I was like, okay, I need to be doing this for my kids. I watched her use the funds that her children got every year for birthday. When people say, hey, what should I give your child? Oh, give them some money she would have them put that into an account. And That's by the exactly. time they were 18, they were able to buy their first house together. That's exactly you know? what I do. I used and to go around do that. On, on the, my kids' birthdays, I used to go around through all the envelopes, scoop all the money and put it in the accounts. They're like, daddy, can, you, can we have more money? I'm like, here's $20, the rest is going to the bank. Savvy. Teach yeah. them all the things that we never knew, 100%. Right. Like for me, like I don't want, I would get her, my daughter a hoopty for her 16th birthday, but the ultimate gift that I want to give my daughter is an investment property, something that she's collecting the rent every month, going into a savings account, that's a high yield savings account that's going to grow. Yeah. You know what I mean? That and I have, and I, have, I, have a, I have a I have a client like that. He used to be an assistant assistant DA, DA attorney in Manhattan. I think I spoke to him with you, Nigel. And he mm -hmm. has three boys and one girl. What mm -hmm. he used to be a broker as well. So when he got brownstones and he grabbed them back then when they were little of nothing in properties, and he has accumulated so many properties, not just here in New York, but across the United States. Awesome. When those kids graduated from high school, they got a property. So when they needed money and stuff, they were collecting rent on a property with no mortgage. You that's see what I'm saying? From tenants with no mortgage. And then when they graduated from college, he gave them another property. Then he starts showing the ones who wanted to do it how to get into properties and start accumulating their own properties. So, you know, like they always say, real estate is the fastest way to accumulate wealth. And that's what I feel like our people should be focused on. And they should be getting their head in the game and trying sure. to figure out how they, need to, how they can get into this business and how they can continue it, continue it over generations to come. Yeah, basically your friend, all he has to do is teach his kids um, property management because they already had the 
the, the wealth. And here's another Two thing. Two of them run the business with him now. Exactly. Right. You know what I mean? They go into auctions with him. They go in, you know, I yep. use one of his, his sons as an attorney sometimes. Exactly. So, you know, he's done really, really good with them. Listen, and let me tell you something about ego. People have to put their egos aside. I was with a friend of mine the other day, and he saw me bend down and pick up a penny, and he starts laughing. He's like, what's wrong with you? What, you picking up a penny? He's like, you're this. I'm like, listen, I don't care what's going on. If I see a penny and it's shiny, I'm picking <laughs> <laughs> There's no, I got no ego, no shame. Getting money. I don't care if I'm getting a hundred thousand. I'm working on that. I still I'm pick- have not picked up the penny in front of everybody. <laughs> I will pick up a penny. I will carry. I'm listen, working on that. I take, I'll take a jar. I'll take a jar. I have a jar. Every time I fill it up, it's $10. I take it to the bank. I'll be in the cash machine, in the coin machine. I don't care because I'm, yes, I don't care. I'm, I'm afraid. I don't care. Money is money. Okay. We're running down on time. And I yeah, know that's what you want to speak about. Life life. We might have to revisit you again, Nigel. It'll be a pleasure hanging with the ladies. <laughs> I know you wanted to talk about life insurance really quickly before we got to go side so because I, that's very important in our community because I hate GoFundMe. I don't even support them because I yeah. want to now you have insurance on your phone and don't have insurance on your life. So exactly. I don't support GoFundMe's. Exactly. I really don't. Yeah, just really quickly, life insurance is good to have. You know, it's a small amount of money every month. And if you, you know, when Lord forbid you pass away, you get a lump sum. I, I, I'm, I whole, whole. Um, whole ins- whole term is no whole life insurance. Whole life. I believe is better than term because you could borrow against it. But do check with your accountant on everything I say. But insurance, even if it's term, if it's term insurance is better than no insurance. A hundred percent. So, so having insurance is important, and it's it's the payments aren't that big. You you know, w- before the pandemic, we're blowing. You can go out to dinner and blow seventy five one hundred fifty dollars, eating on food. You know, every other week. You can pay an insurance premium. It's true. You can and pay. It don't even matter which insurance. Just sit with, <laughs> some, sit with someone and get you some life insurance on your life. Exactly. And your kids. Right. Because you have different types, which we want, you know, I'm not the insurance expert, so I'm not going to get into it, but there's different types of policies that help the kids for college and all this other stuff. And there's living benefits. You can borrow against it. You know what I mean? It's not just about exactly. benefits. So you definitely want to get you know, in touch with the life insurance agent and get that going. It's, it's very important. I hate the GoFundMe in our community. I see it too often. I don't like it. If you're alive and need medical help, that's different. But I ain't, if you're dead, I ain't doing it. I ain't supporting it, especially Listen, if you could as, afford it. As far as finance goes, that line from Shawshank Redemption, get busy living or get busy dying. It's that serious. Mm-hmm. That simple. Mm-hmm. It's that serious. <clears throat> well, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. And um, pleasure, pleasure, pleasure having you and for taking the time out to sit as always. Yes, pleasure, a pleasure talking and being around you, ladies, talking to you, ladies, knowing you, ladies, and seeing your cohesiveness. I love it. Anytime I could be of any assistance, call and I, I want to see all three of you together in an investment group, and we'll talk about okay. that in, in, in the future. Definitely, okay. when, it, when the world opens back up, we'll- <laughs> exactly. Chat about that. Well, ladies, right. it's been a pleasure. This has been, yes, a has been conversation, a pleasure. an awesome conversation. I enjoyed it. Once again, we want to thank you for tuning in and thank you for joining us, Nigel. It was a pleasure. Sharice, us out. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, guys, don't forget to 
like, follow, and subscribe. And that's a wrap for today. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 The Wire Podcast.